Hi, this is Midwesteration, and I'm your host, Freya Bernson. In this episode, I had the honor of interviewing Abigail King, along with Lauren Conklin and Yolanda Alvarez, all of Save Mommy, a grassroots nonprofit organization that devotes its time to improving riparian habitat along the Maumee River. The site they kindly invited me to visit with them and talk about is called 501 Rose Avenue. This site is in an urban setting, even though when you're standing there in the woods, you can't tell necessarily until you hear a helicopter, an emergency vehicle, or a train go by, which you will hear in this recording. Um, But it just reminds you that there are places that are restorable even in some more developed areas and that is a big thing that uh, Save Mommy it works on on some very degraded uh, riparian habitats. They do a lot of incredible work and very hard work and with that I will turn this over to my interview with the crew and uh, here we go. <laughs> okay, and we are recording. So I am standing here with Ab- Abigail King of Save Mommy and some of her crew that help her with her restoration work. Yes. And um, I'd like to ask Abigail to, or may I call you Abby? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, to to kind of introduce herself and also her compatriots here um, and the the site that we're standing on. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Thank ahead. you, Freya. So today I'm here with this is Lauren Conklin. This is about to be our vice president. She's mm-hmm. right now in the secretary position on our board. And Yolanda has logged the most hours of anyone in Save Mommy. Besides probably me. So Yolanda is, uh, she's quite the worker. Hi, Yolanda. Hi. <laughs> Yolanda Alvarez. <laughs> uh, well, and we're, I'm Abigail King, uh, president of Save Mommy, and this is a project site that we've been working on for going on six months. We started in April, um, middle of April, and we just planted trees in the middle of October, and we planted 550 trees. 42 species and we asked the U.S. Forest Service and the DNR how do we get some new forest material in here they said there's only six species of trees through here yeah. so we th- we were told to punch a hole in the tree canopy to create a new forest yeah. so that's what we've been doing since April and there was only you know there's honey locust there was uh um, silver maple, there's mulberry, honeysuckle, had some uh, autumn olive. Those make me bleed. I hate those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we've just been removing trees that don't belong or that were sick, but we tried to leave plenty of habitat trees too. And then you'll notice that if you look through the site, we have large trees that we've downed and then left because this area is going to be about hmm, three or four feet over my head when it when it floods. 
Oh. So this is an area that is considered pretty violent when the floodwaters come. Okay. So the that will help to slow it down. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So we're standing in this interesting mm -hmm. work in progress site, <laughs> and you know, just imagining that, that that water over your head right now. Is, yeah. That's a nice visualization. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, why this site? What what is special about this site? What what sure. makes it worth your time and energy? Well, like so, we've been we've been doing projects like this since uh, 2016, and this will equate to over two miles. So usually, when I look at overhead maps, um, I'll look at maps and then I'll drive and do a windshield survey and see what it looks like. So I go back and forth. We work on the dirtiest ditches in Allen County. So the most degraded water quality are the ones that we're looking at, which is Bullerman Ditch, um, Trier Ditch, and Six Mile Creek. So this converges into three right here. Like we're literally standing on two watershed, two Huck 12s that come together. And there's another one. So a hydrologic unit code is where, um, where two watersheds meet. So it's like a major drainage point. And True Ditch, that it's right over there, and that takes up, um, it's uh, draining 23,000 acres. So that's quite a few. <laughs> that's wow. a lot of acreage to drain. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, a, this is a major point that probably needs some habitat, and it just had six yeah. species of trees. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. This, yeah. this seems like a place that could easily be overlooked by yeah. by folks as, as an important spot because, yeah, just, uh, just the yes. location and everything. And, and this is also, so this is also the site of a landfill hill. So there is a 53-foot hill. It is two acres on top, 11 acres all the way around, and that is... That's the uh, has construction material in it. There is a two, uh, three feet of clay with dirt on top, and then you have to have grass growing on it or some kind of vegetation and mow it twice a year. So um, that's uh, the landfill hill was one of the deciding factors as well because this obviously needs some help. Yeah, for sure. Like the. I really like the idea of of these places that are kind of just pushed to the side as though they're they're not important or like you know you think of a landfill it's just just a junk spot but when you have folks like that you that come in and are like we can fix this place mm -hmm. and so you know this is a really neat spot because we're just in the beginning phases of your mm -hmm. restoration mm -hmm. what um what do you see as your your future uh, approaches in addition to to punching um, holes in the canopy, replacing species? Sure. Long term, uh, what are what are your hopes and dreams and desires for what this place will look like? Oh, I think the invasive removal throughout. Um, I think that helping nature is is you're supposed to help man or woman. <laughs> People created the problem. 
and now it's going to take people to fix the problem. So I think invasive removal is one of the top things that I think is super helpful for habitat. Um, as far as water quality goes, then you're creating shade for some of these areas. Like shade helps dissolve the oxygen in the water, so that helps improve habitat. It holds, all this is going to hold soil, drink more water, absorb and hold more water. So there's lots of benefits to this work, and, and there's 58 acres here. Um, the 58 acres, invasive removal until further notice because there's plenty to do on 58 acres. For sure. And, and species diversification is going to help a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. Like actually like creating diversity to rehabilitate an ecosystem that can function mm -hmm. is another big part of it. Like because once you pull those invasives out, you have to put something mm -hmm. there. You've got to replace it because if you don't, you've opened it up for either a whole new invasive species to just work its way in, you know, and so if you leave it blank, you're just creating another problem. Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, that's such an important point because we, we frequently talk about, you know, getting rid of the invasives, but that's just step one. And uh, yeah, yeah, and it's expensive. Like there's a whole like one acre's worth of seed is is uh, about seven hundred dollars, six hundred forty-eight dollars. I think I paid for species that like that is a lot of money for a little bitty bag of seeds. It's like this big. Oh yeah. So it's and that's a one acre coverage. So start talking trees. I mean, all these trees right here were about thirteen thousand wow. dollars. So five hundred fifty trees. That's people don't see some of the value in those so that's we want people to realize that these these natural habitat spaces have value of some kind not just yeah I don't know what they think but well the resources they're not valuable they yeah. don't think so but then also including your time because everyone on your crew is this is a labor of love yes. you all are are doing this on on your free time yep this yep. is uh this is <laughs> kind of an expensive endeavor, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's that's amazing <laughs> and, and wonderful because, uh, and you've been working on um, projects along the Mami for. Yeah. yeah. When, when was Save Mami so accepted? Well, our first our first project was in 2005. We just had Earth Day because we didn't see anybody doing anything. So we went to a bunch of meetings and. I bought a house on the Maumee River in 1999, and then I started reading and paying attention of why I couldn't take the kids swimming, and because my friends were like, oh, you're going to poison the children, you can't take kids swimming. I said, why not? We've been swimming all over this whole country. So I started paying attention, and by 2005, I had attended lots of meetings and just listened to people, and all they did was have meetings to have another meeting. I said, no, somebody should do something more. So we had Earth Day. We picked up trash. Uh, it took me another year to be able to get um, a list for plant species because nobody had an approved native species planting list in 2005. Mm -hmm. So that kind of snapped. I, uh, I was told, no, you can't have a native planting list by the DNR. And then I was sent in the mail, in the snail mail, a list from the Fish and Wildlife of native plants. Fish and Wildlife would oh. send it to me. 
interesting. I thought it was super interesting. Yeah. And so we started projects in 2005, but this will mark two miles of removing invasives and planting native species. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, and, you know, just to, to backtrack a little bit, um, we were talking about the the actual, like, financial costs and, like, the, the financial value of, like, the trees and the seeds. And as a, you know, completely volunteer-run organization, you know, how do you acquire these plants? So these are so this is this is the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative. It's a GLRI through the Forest Service and the EPA. Um, back like right before 2011, there was a big fish kill. Um, the blue green algae had taken over Lake Erie and killed a third of the lake. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry. The federal government noticed, and they were super concerned because. All the low-hanging fruit has been picked. All the easy things to to improve water quality has been done. What do we do now? Well, now they're giving money to small organizations that that they're they're desperate. They're concerned about Lake Erie and the health of their fish because it's a fishing industry that supports a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So then they set up a GLRI grant, Great Lakes Restoration Initiative, and they earmark money every year so much. It's supposed to be $420 million, but they don't, <laughs> yeah. it's not, they don't get that much. Yeah, no, and, and it's interesting because we are standing in northeast Indiana, New Haven, Indiana, and, uh, or, or nearby, as you can probably hear from Yeah, the, yeah. We're in an urban <laughs> setting, even though we're standing in the middle of the woods. <laughs> And, uh, but, but we are connected directly to the Great Lakes here. That's yep. the whole idea of Save Mommy because the Mommy River feeds right into Lake Erie. And I think, uh, it just, you know, it's a little cliche, but everybody's upstream from somebody and yeah. we are definitely there right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fort Wayne, 22 cities discharge into our rivers before we drank it in Fort Wayne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 11 million people depend on it downstream of Fort Wayne. So, yeah, yes. it's super important. Uh-huh. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. And so that's what we've been working on forever. Forever and ever. It's never, never ending work. You just, you always have something to do, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess... Um, to to give you two a chance to, yeah, to yeah. speak, I'd love to hear how you came to be involved with with Save Mommy. We'll let Yolanda go first because she's <laughs> been here before me. Yolanda's <laughs> awesome. She's been here before I was. Uh huh. <laughs> well, I read. You know, there's an article on Abby, early 2000s. Maybe it was in five. She's in mm -hmm. the newspaper mm -hmm. and. And uh, immediately I, I got all excited. At the time, I was taking care of my mother. Uh, she had dementia, you know, so. But I always thought when the, when this is done, that's what, what I'm going to do, you know. It was very exciting, you know, to be able to work with the environment okay. and uh, to try to make a difference. I'm retired. <laughs> And um, it's just, I'm very committed and dedicated to trying to make a difference 
That's wonderful. And I see it every day when I come out here, you know. Yep. And that's what just keeps me alive, thrilled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of work's hard. Don't ever let her kiss Healthy. you. She kicks all our butts. <laughs> <laughs> no, she does. But uh, it's just it's just magnificent to be here, to know what it was before. You know, it was so dense. They're the ones that made the trail inside, you know. And I came a little later, but um, on this side, you know. But every day, it's magic, mm -hmm. promising, hopeful, and uh, something just great for a person if they're locked up in with COVID. Yeah. <laughs> you, totally. can, you can distance yourself in the woods yep. and do something good. Awesome. Yes, yeah, so I really started in 2013, I think it was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I'd be helping to build uh, different things like, uh, what was that, the raft? Yeah, kind of raft race. Raft oh. <laughs> got involved Save Mommy raft races and the uh, uh -huh. I know, just great, great people working here. We become friends like a family, mm -hmm. and uh, and you don't need like a hundred people to make a difference. Just four of us. Mm -hmm. We're here most of the summer because of COVID. Yep. There's a lot of the members and mothers with children and stay at home to teach your children. And uh, missing us, and we missing them. Yeah. It's a little my story. No, oh, that's wonderful. And I mean, just volunteers that are that dedicated and sticking around for so many years. That's yeah. like so mm -hmm. awesome that that Abby has you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Yolanda's logged the most hours of anybody. <laughs> More friends. They're my great friends. Uh-huh. Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about you? How did you come to be? <laughs> what do you see the future the same? <laughs> so, I showed up at, like, the butt end of 2015 at the member meeting. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I was super nervous because I had really just started getting into any kind of, like, activism and a board member, Jane Young, came up to me at a protest and she goes, you should, you should come to a meeting with Save Mommy. I think you should show up. And I was like, all right, sweet. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm diving into activism. Let's see, I wanna do stuff. And showed up to the meeting late. And it was like, oh gosh, I'm super nervous. And there was a, there was a member named Bill White who was the first person that I saw when I walked in the room and he immediately pulls a chair out for me and is like sit down and I'm like all right and I sit down and he's like order some food and he's talking to me and trying to talk with me through the whole meeting and after the meeting's done he just like pats me on the back and he's like I really hope you keep showing up and I was like I think I will like this seems really like wow you don't even know who I am and you're you're just you're just a little peach. <laughs> and so I went up and met Abby, and she's the most charming person I've ever met in my life. Aww. 
And so I started coming around and I was enjoying what I was learning and I was enjoying what I was doing and I ended up living with Abby for a little bit that next year. Save some money. And that was when I really got into it because, you know, she's the kitchen table's the workspace for Save Mommy and I would just be over her shoulder like, What are you doing? Can I help? Can I help? Can I do this? Can I help? And finally she just kinda like put some stuff in front of me and she was like, Here put this in the computer and I was like, Okay and so I put stuff in the computer and then what else can I do? What else can I do? And then and then you nominated me for the board and we spent that whole summer doing it was Heatherwood and Mosier Park and oh, eleven hundred trees that and was just a monster. That was a project. monster. All of those invasives and just all of the blood, sweat, and tears. Yes. And then I was like, how, how would I ever leave this? How could I ever leave this? This is everything. Like, this is amazing. It, you know, you, you come out and you see the progress every single day. Like, it's tangible. It's right there in front of you. And then you learn all of the science behind it and understanding what you're actually doing with your hands to improve all of these areas. And then when you walk back through, like every time that we drive back through after the tree planting, I'm just like, I can't stop smiling because like you see it. It's like, uh-huh. it's never done, but it, it's just another step. And you're like, okay, on to the next step. And we keep moving through the steps. Yep. And it just, I don't think I've ever felt this kind of like satisfaction in my life before. That's wonderful. That's those a wonderful like addition to to all of this and just the the dedication of years of volunteering and uh, your years and uh that's that's such a key part of what makes restoration ecological restoration a possibility is a dedication that uh willingness to bleed sweat and cry (laughs) in the mud that you're standing Uh in um and then also get cleaned up and go talk to the public as well <laughs> which I know you all do as well so that's mm-hmm. you well, all it's just fantastic when we do these events and you see people bringing their kids out mm-hmm. and you see people bringing their family and you see people enjoying it and just looking around and having that magical moment of like wow like I did this I'm a part of this now mm-hmm. and then people just keep coming back after that like it always takes that one event where they're like so what can I like do can I where do I sign up to like do other (laughs) stuff and you're like hey come with me (laughs) and then you see community grow out of that and you know I feel like we have people who come from not just like Fort Wayne not just New Haven but people come from other areas to take part and then they go home with whatever they learned, and then they're telling their friends about it, and then their friends want to come and do it. And it's, I don't know, like you said, it just creates a sense of hope. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you all for everything that you do and continue to do here. Thank and you. You're doing thank it too, you. Freya. You're like, you're like one in the cause. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I guess back to like this this specific area. What are um, 
I just like to hear some more of um, like the the methods for restoration that you're planning on on utilizing here in sure. the future. Like, um, does uh, uh, in addition to add removing species that are undesirable and adding species that are desirable, um, what what are your future plans to to do to to maintain this area? So are you just are you, if you're specifically talking about about the tree area, so that's just uh, it's like a little over two acres. Um, it, you know, it's like 1,600 linear feet, right? 1,400 linear feet, 25 feet wide, but we did about 60 feet wide. Um, so this area is pretty much, I would say, done, like quote done. <laughs> so we'll come back through and make sure that the trees aren't getting strangled by, um, you know, vine yeah, or grapevine or choke. They're not getting you know. squashed by anything that gets washed out by the rain or yes. So we'll just come back and check on them. It's really easy if we mark them. You'll see that they all have tags on them, or if they're shorter, that they have a stake in them. So then I'm, we're able to find them. So we can even like run a weed eater through here and, and be able to find them and make sure they're not getting swallowed by morning glory or something. <laughs> Grapevine's real bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, but then we've also seeded really hard. So, so with restoration, I see this as a, this is a, we had an, not an old growth forest, but it was it was before the oak trees weren't going to have a chance to come in here because it was already totally dark, overgrown with six species. So what we did was we opened it up. So what does that do? That's so now we're it's kind of like a woods edge or a prairie. So those species will thrive here. And so if you're going to create something in the future, then you have to hold back some of the other stuff so you're not creating a prairie so the trees have to grow up above the prairie tallness mm -hmm. like breast height and then you don't have any problem then it's above the deer's head deer problem mm -hmm. you know they yeah. they nip off the buds and the <laughs> we just created an entire buffet for them <laughs> and so um just by by doing human things like removing trees then you have to help them along so we we have kind of created a prairie type so now we're making sure that the woods edge and the the understory growth is secession is happening instead of just a prairie mm -hmm. <laughs> so you just have to make that happen and in the future we're going to make another pathway that goes that way so there's a eight acre wetland here we're gonna there's a couple ponds we're gonna have um we're working to get some pumps in so it can it can aerate yes we can add we can add oxygen and the water can take care of itself there's a lot of carp in there but mm. as it floods again I think that it'll get more carp in there and if we try and stock it or something like that then it's I think they'll just swim away mm -hmm. <laughs> when it when it floods <laughs> what else are we doing Lauren oh we so Abby and I had taken an online course um, talking about the adaptation of climate change mm -hmm. and what we can do to still combat and try to try to pull us back from this brink of climate change mm -hmm. that we're facing, but learning to adapt to certain things that aren't necessarily going to go away anytime soon. Um, one of the biggest things that we had talked about was creating a better stream connectivity of tree or ditch to the mommy 
um, just because, like she said, it's it's about 20,000 acres yeah. that tree or ditch flows through. And then it hits the Maumee. So we're at this rare point right here where, like, we have this opportunity, like, to do something with the mouth of tree or ditch and actually go in and possibly work with its Rod Rankenberger uh -huh. to see is it something that does tree or ditch need to be widened? Is it something that we need to be planting more species in that area? It's going to be something that we actually have to have like some sort of actual engineer come out, survey, and give us feedback to know exactly what would be the best plan of action. But we, we talked about you know, either widening it or we could, you know, do what we do normally and do invasive removal and plant natives and drop seed and try to, you know, rehabilitate it that way to do anything for the nitrogen and the phosphorus before it hits the river. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's that's the part I'm most excited about. <laughs> well, and the engineering specs, I mean, like talk about coming up with some money. Like, oh, my gosh, this can run into $25,000 we're talking about design plans that yeah. are outside of anything that I could imagine raising money for even. And that's just like, the plan. That's just the plan. Yeah. That's not that's not one lick of work that happened. That's just the design plan. So that's not something that's in the immediate future, but something to look forward to in case there was a rich person listening that would like to support <laughs> something like that. <laughs> you know... Generous donors are definitely an important part of ecological restoration <laughs> yes, as well. They are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have we have tax deductible receipts available uh -huh. in any denomination. Perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, a lot of surveying of the site ourselves, like walking the site and really identifying, okay, what kind of tree species are in this area? What's going on in this area? Is it degraded because of, you know, is it degraded and needs our help in that way of like what we do with streams and ditches or going around and just figuring out the site and figuring out how to actually rehabilitate these different ecosystems that are here. Mm -hmm. so, there you go. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. well, I'm thinking about Ellenwood. Oh my gosh. Oh, I remember seeing too. Uh, That's a good story. Warren. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah, Thanks, Lauren. So, you're so welcome. <laughs> that ditch is happy now. <laughs> so, so we were doing a project on Meyer Road. Meyer Road behind <laughs> Gonzales Industrial. So, like the the land is really it's it's literally like rock and and some little soil. But we had to do bare root trees because we couldn't even get regular trees in there. So we're doing this, and we're like, okay, well, where's the next project? Where are we going to do the next project? I'm like, I don't know. i got to look at maps. i got to drive around and do my windshield <laughs> survey. And Lauren's looking over, and she's like, look over there. We should do a project over there. And there's so many right Asian honeysuckle. <laughs> I mean, it it looks like nobody's touched it for 40 years. Connect the dots, man. Connect so, the dots. Yeah. So that's where we ended up working, and it was super, <laughs> super thick. Like, there was, you couldn't even... We were, like, chunking out 25 feet a day. Uh, it was insanity because then we'd just have to burn it, but we'd need a chainsaw. So and then you <laughs> Well, it was move, hot, and then you everywhere. went underneath the honeysuckle, and it was so thick in there. It was like a 10-degree temperature difference. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, but we did was, it. Yes. That was quite a feat. <laughs> it was, like was another thick one. It was 
so dense. Yes. Right it's here especially. Right mm -hmm. here. Right section here. eight, six, section seven. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's why in the the next day after you sweated and cried a little bit, maybe <laughs> because you're <laughs> so sweaty. <laughs> you're so sweaty. <laughs> you come back and then you say, ah, did we do that? Yeah. Yeah. Now it's cold. Sure did. Yeah. It, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what makes you feel good, I think. Yeah. yeah. That visual, like. Yeah, to really see what you did. Yeah, it's yeah. like that moment you clean off that win uh, the mirror in your bathroom after <laughs> not touching it for so long, and you get all that like toothpaste off, and you get everything off of it, and you're like, oh, wow! It's like just you like look at it, and you just see. It's like I don't know. It's like day and night every day that you come back. Mm -hmm. Especially after we've been working at it for five months, it really looks different. For sure. Mm. I mean, but taking all that time, I feel like we did it right. Like we yeah. did it right. I think we did it right. This is different than all the other ones. We've never had to. We've never had to punch a hole in the tree canopy. No. Usually, what we do is just like literally, you remove blast the through, and there, it's 100% invasive. Like, yes. So it's, yeah. there's nothing else there. It's Ugh. insanity. So uh -huh. this was way different. This actually had some tree cover to it, and we just had to help it along so we weren't planting trees in the dark yeah yeah we made an oak opening section seven six five this is all our oak trees i mean not all of them but majority of them yeah that'll be our our oak species that are going to live into i said that we won't have to do anything here for 300 years <laughs> <laughs> cross your fingers 299 299 <laughs> that's that's so great like just uh just being able to talk about that amount of work and expressing the joy that you all have in your faces <laughs> is just, I yeah, mean, because it's over now. Like, <laughs> we're done. Great. Yeah. Come find us in the middle of a project. Yeah. Like, oh, we're moving slow. Uh, we might be kind of untimely, maybe. <laughs> the end somewhere that way. We don't go that way. Laura always wants to know, Abby, where's the end? Like, I don't know. We can't even get to it yet. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. It's far. Abby will say, Yolanda, you want to take a walk and go see? This was what Ellen, the yeah, side Ellen took. Yeah. I said, no, I'll wait till I get there. Because <laughs> I knew it was going to be probably miles. You know? <laughs> I didn't even want to think about that it. That was far. <laughs> Right We're always almost there, though. We're always, always almost, almost there. there. Yeah, just keep, just keep plugging away, as they say. Right? <laughs> totally almost there. <laughs> um, yeah. So, just, just on that note, and I feel like you've expressed it in these stories, but you know, ecological restoration has a hard set definition, depending on which mm -hmm. reference you're looking at. But, like, to you, to all of you, you know, and you can each answer if you want to or not, um, what is ecological restoration, like, to you, personally? Hmm. Well, um, ecology makes everything work together. Mm -hmm. It's that the people don't understand, I mean, even me, I, I consider myself to be a naturalist and be an outdoors person and you know, be somewhat acclimated to knowing what belongs here and what doesn't belong here and making choices. But you start talking about ecology, it's, it's next level. That's, that's 
that you don't mm -hmm. understand how a tree that's rotting in the forest just by you cutting down that rotting tree of how many animals you've displaced how is how that's affecting nature and you know there comes a time where who cares if you pushed over a tree who cares you know like there's a couple of animals displaced they got plenty of room right where is that where do they get to win where where is it that you're you're actually harming things because you decide to cut down that tree so it's the ecology is where everything works together and people don't even understand how it all works together even if you think you know a lot so I want to know when nature gets to win that's always my problem because money seems to be winning right now and I'm tired of it so ecology is that people don't understand how it's all it's the web together it's super important that mm -hmm. don't destroy it because you don't even know what you're missing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is a terrible definition of ecology <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that that works I mean we are we are part of the ecology yeah. and we can't that's how that's how we're impacting it so mm -hmm. absolutely I, I love it it's like <laughs> cancer on the world but yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's just moving with it all like because once you, once you understand habitat, then you go outward, and then you understand, like, oh, this is a wetland. Oh, this is a forest. Oh, this is a prairie. And you start to understand why those are the way that they are mm -hmm. or how they're, quote, unquote, should be. Mm -hmm. Then you can start to understand how to work with it to help it instead of going in and being like, well, I think this would be a great spot for, you know, these kinds of trees and these kinds of plants. No, it's what wants to be there. What wants to be there for the birds, for the fish, for the turtles, for, you know, for that tree. What wants to be there and trying to give nature what it wants. Mushrooms. Mushrooms. <laughs> nature uh -huh. wants mushrooms. So he left all these rotten trees. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll get mushrooms. Well, uh, well, I want to thank you all so much for is that, taking. Is that enough? Did we? So, so <laughs> hold on, hold on. So we got, so we got some bee habitat. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's what all those logs piled up. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we haven't been. What else do we do? Because, like, even the mulberry, I just find it hard to just remove the mulberry and just like burn it. Like that's what we did. We've been burning stuff because mm -hmm. burning helps. Um. But we saved a lot too. Yeah, yeah. But but I think that that part of the rotting process, like I do want mushrooms to come. Uh -huh. I think that the water's coming, so we're slowing it down over here. I think that we've had a lot of small adjustments that made this project more fabulous than than the others because uh -huh. we had time. Usually, we had the time to do it. Right. We do uh -huh. one in the spring and one in the fall. Well, COVID happened, so we didn't have. We didn't have the one in the spring, like, mm -hmm. okay, let's not throw people together right now. So then we had a big one in the fall, but that gave us months and months before we had to really plant anything. We could just plan and, and work on everything else. But that also gave us the time to do the thing that we like to do, which was work with it. Like, we got the time to realize, like, you know, okay, so this big tree over here that fell that was dead okay that's really good habitat so how many more can we leave to create more habitat as we keep going bee habitats like how many of those can we kind of like pile around here and 
make it so that everything's kind of getting a chance and trying not to disturb too much. So, okay, I'm, I'm happy now. <laughs> like, wait, wait. Well, and I want to talk about Jane's thing, but that's not really restoration. So, so we also have a farm on this property that is, it's agriculture zoned and it's about 10 acres and Jane Young with Heartland Communities is all an uh, workers project. Mm-hmm. Um, got money for the Burmese farmers. So the Burmese are per capita, we have a pretty high population and one of the needs in our community was to have them have somewhere that they could farm and learn that's part of their heritage. So they wanted to be able to farm and learn things about growing things in Fort Wayne. So that 10 acres is being used by um, the farmers instead of monoculture. So there's all kinds of stuff that they're growing, which is not necessarily restoration, but instead of, you know, monoculture, single use of of Mm -hmm. one plant, now we have people that are actually working the land. So I think that's important, too. No, absolutely. And, I mean, incorporating, you know, responsible land use right next to an ecologically restored uh, floodplain and mm-hmm. like I think that's that's amazing mm-hmm. and um yeah no that's that's definitely I mean it's it it makes this place a, a really just unique idea of a place like just to have all of these things going on yes. together so like this place yeah. is magic it's magical mm-hmm. we like it here <laughs> <laughs> no this is great and we even have leprechauns here <laughs> We actually do. (laughs) (laughs) They're so helpful. (laughs) They're so helpful. They know how to run a chainsaw, too. (laughs) I think they made a movie about that one. (laughs) (laughs) This is scary. All right. Is there anything else that you would like to add to this? Like us on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go to our yeah. website, and if you like what we do, donate to us. SaveMommy.org. We, com- we run completely on donations. Yes. And the kindness of strangers. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. No, thank you all so much for taking the time. You're welcome. Thank and you. Coming. This is this is awesome. I feel very uh, very lucky to be able to see this place right now. I want to extend another sincere thank you to Abby, Lauren and Yolanda for taking the time to talk to me about the site they have spent so much time this year restoring. You can see looking around, an immense amount of work has been done. Cutting down trees, moving trees, and planting trees is no joke. That's a lot of work, and the Save Mom Me crew is amazing. If you would like to find out more about the organization, you can visit their website, savemommy.org. I will post a link to their website on the Midwesteration website, and uh, you can follow that to, to check them out. Please do. And stay tuned for the next episode of Midwesteration. Thank you so much for tuning in.